This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. All righty. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. How you What's doing, happening, baby? brother? How much, man? On a... On a slow-ass Friday, because, boy, I'm sitting there going, there's nothing really going on in UM's world right now. <laughs> it's like, it is so slow right now. It, really, basketball is, like, the only thing going on that we really, like, there's, there's no new news. I was trying to see if there's anything when mm-hmm. I was prepping this morning, and I don't find, like, any new recruiting news. Uh, the, yeah. coach, the coaching news, uh, what do we have left? Yeah, I mean, you need to fill the uh, the receivers coach. Right, because uh, Harris position. got Harris is the running backs coach. They f- finalized right. that, so all you need is a receivers coach. And mm-hmm. you know, you're going to depress me and tell me they're not getting Brian Hartline. So you know. <laughs> well, I can't listen. I I can't talk about uh, some news that'll be coming out at twelve o'clock. It's non football news, but uh, there will be some news re- relating to Miami coming around coming out around noon. So that that'll that'll pick up the discussion. But I can, literally can you, cannot. Can you t- is it coming from Coral Gables, or no. is it coming from Life Wallet? Uh, it's coming from somewhere outside of those areas. So. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. So we have to wait till twelve o'clock. Now, are you breaking this news? Uh, somebody, uh, somebody I work with is, so there'll, there'll be news coming a little bit later today. Okay. That's all I can say. I okay. can't get into it any more than that. Uh, I am, you know, made aware of it yesterday. So we so. should have, we should have rescheduled this segment for noon. <laughs> well, it's non-football. Remember, I told you that. So, uh, non-football. Okay. Stadium related? I, I can't. I literally, I'm just telling you, you said there's nothing going on. I'm saying at 12 o'clock today, you'll have something going on. Well, there so. you go, Canes fans. Something's going down on noon, baby. They're bringing back the Orange Bowl. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna build it on top of the the current stadium. That's what they're doing. They're they're uh, they're gonna bring it back. So bring back the magic. The fifty-eight. Uh, they're gonna get rid of the five-game losing streak and put the fifty-eight game winning streak back on the on the field. That's what they're gonna do. That's what I like to hear. All right, all right, good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, because I, I I saw Mario was on with Joe, but there was really nothing earth-shattering said there either. You know. A lot of stuff I've been telling you for weeks and months, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of injuries, guys sitting out for spring football because of injuries, surgeries, all those kind of things. Everything about the coordinators, what he likes about them, we've we've discussed. I'm on top of it, oh. I, mean, I, you know, know, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I keep you guys abreast. I know. I, I, <laughs> I heard the interview with Joe, and it was like, okay, it was, you know, nothing, you know, uh, about that. I mean, the only talk was the whole uh, Van Dyke Notre Dame stuff. And you know, whatever uh, was that? Was there really? Was there any legs to that? About him potentially going to Notre Dame? I I don't I don't think Notre Dame was interested in him in that way. No. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, what what they were interested in making him a receiver like Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> no, I think uh, I, I look. I, I think as far as Van Dyke is concerned, you know, his his shoulder injury, what he what he went through at the end of last season, being banged up, um, and um, just the struggles that he had really, I don't think Mario blames it at all on him whatsoever. I don't think the coaching staff necessarily lost any faith in him. 
It was more about, hey, we couldn't protect this guy, and he didn't have receivers. So, and, and your offensive coordinator didn't help you out, okay? Correct, correct. And, and, and really all Mario did today was come out and say what he'd been holding in for a long time about the coaching staff, right? He, he, the things he said uh, today were, were all reflective of what many of us have been reporting and saying for, for a while, that he wasn't pleased with the, the effort on the recruiting trail with some of those guys, uh, that uh, you know some of the guys just weren't fits with with uh what he wanted to do in terms of personality and again you know you he said he he said he studied from afar what he needed to do but you can study from afar you don't know what you're stepping into until you step inside and start dealing with those personalities from a coaching perspective from a player perspective until you see uh those forces at work working together you're not going to know what works and what doesn't. You can think, you think you can have an idea, you can guess. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is, until the bullets start flying and you're in the heat of the situation, uh, you you don't know what you've got. You've got to just hope that it that it works out. And unfortunately, it didn't work out in your one. Hey, listen. A lot of people tell you, don't get into business with friends, right? Okay, right. man. Wait, we're friends. We hang out. We have beers. This that. But then when you get into business, it becomes a whole different thing, and then it's a different kind of relationship. And then you start learning about different things about the person because you never had to go into business with them. You know what I mean? I have to count on you to pay the bills or make this sale or do that. It's different than, hey, bro, can you get me a beer? Hey, you want to go with me to a show? Hey, you know, you want, you, want, you want to help me in the barbecue? Like, you know, bullshit stuff that you do as friends, that's nothing. Then when it gets to business, it gets all shady. And then sometimes it ruins your relationship, the mm -hmm. fact that you got into business. So that, it's the same thing. You, you, they, they could be great coaches. And, you know, last year there were a lot of names on this staff. But in the end, it did not work out. The chemistry wasn't there. And so that's what you have to do as a head coach, CEO, general manager, whatever position you hold of authority, you got to take that 30,000 view look and say, what works, what doesn't work? Okay, we got to make these kind of changes. And, you know, if you're not willing to make those tough decisions, then you're going to be stuck in the same hellhole every year. And he wasn't willing to do that. He made the decisions. He, and I, I, I commend him because he makes them with a crap ton of patience, bro. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and I think the one thing you can't say about him is that he isn't thoughtful in this process. And I think the one perspective that he has now that he didn't have before he got here is he knows the players. He knows he really knows the players and their personalities. You can think you know coaches, you can think you know players, but again, Great point. Until, until you go through it, he didn't have that experience. He didn't know what the players were like right. here. Yeah. Um, you can see the talent, you can see what they do on film, but that doesn't tell you the chemistry and everything else. And now he's got that perspective, and now he can – he can hire the right kind of coaches for those players. And I give him credit for basically acquiescing in a lot of ways to what he has, because as we've seen in the past with other head coaches here, Al Golden, for instance, uh, you, you stay stubborn and it doesn't get you anywhere. Mark Richt, you know, everybody was talking about his son as an off, you know, a quarterback's coach wasn't a good fit. Uh, stayed with him the whole time he was here. Offense went south. Um, D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, right? That's why I mentioned uh, Al Golden earlier. I mean, that's the perfect example. Um, so, you know, you have to adapt. And, and the good thing for Mario is he's got some money to spend. Some previous coaches obviously didn't have the same budget to work with where you could fire guys, pay the, you know, pay them off. Uh, think about some other coaches that might have been fired after a year or two if you didn't have buyouts, right? And Miami wasn't uh, pinching pennies back then. Uh, now you got the budget to make the kind of moves that you need to make. So that's an advantage that he has, and that's, that's a good thing for Miami. Manny, have you heard 
what the players plan to do on their own in the offseason? Because, you know, we always had that uh, all those uh, those stories of players working on their own and former players coming back to help those younger players and things like that. And since Mario is a guy that, you know, holds tradition and values tradition, is any of that kind of tradition coming back? Can it come back? Does the NCAA allow it? Talk to us about that. Well, I mean, I think, you know, former players always come back. We've Every summer we've had this uh, Paradise, well, it was called Paradise Camp. Now it's whatever it's called now. I forget what they renamed yeah, it. Yeah, but outside of that, come on, man. I'm talking about well, like, the but real I'm deal. During the summertime, like outside of Paradise Camp, you'll have former players come back in the summertime and come into the building and they'll talk to guys and they'll work out with guys. And there, and there are relationships between some former players, the guys who I would say – really love the program and really are around it, not just to pop by once for Paradise Camp. The guys that live in the city or come back to the city often um, will come back and they'll have some some level of relationship. But, you know, oh, I, that the, whole, the old days of hearkening to, hey, the former players, that's a great story. People enjoy it. It's a soft, heartwarming story. Hey, the guys love it. I, I just want to see these new players take some ownership, right? I want to see right, those guys. That's why guys. I asked. Yeah. That, I, I think those guys, I, I don't want to hear any more about the, you know, former players having to motivate them. Like, I think Mario, what he's trying to do is is recruit the guys that come out here and are, and are self-motivated, that don't need somebody to come around and tap them on the shoulder and say everything's going to be fine. And, you know, I think he's got some guys in the locker room that do that. The problem is a lot of them are freshmen. A lot of them are the guys he's handpicked to be a part of this recruiting class this year. So it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, to make that adjustment in terms of chemistry and locker room. Um, but he's got a few guys that I think lead by example. Um, you know, Cam Kitchens, I think, is a, is a good example of that. Uh, you know, good young man. I was told a story earlier this week uh, talking to Malik Rozier, the former quarterback. He's put together this this sort of, uh, you know, NIL group where he, they were going to film a commercial and 13 players, I think, were supposed to show up. Only two of them did. And one of them was Cam Kitchens. And, you know, it's one of those things that shows you, like, the kid's responsible, right? He, he sticks to his word, to his commitment. And I think that's, that's what you need more of, right? You need more guys that stick through and do everything. I saw him at seven-on-seven seven events this year, uh, him and Xavier Restrepo coaching up, uh, you know, high school players here locally, building relationships with those guys. There needs to be more of that type of ownership across the board i think from this roster when we see that i think that's when you'll start to see a real change um many any, anything um because i haven't been on the on the campus for in a while are they already in the process of expanding the practice facility that it was 80 yards and get it back to where it's supposed to be and all that good stuff yeah, I mean, I, I think they've already started some work um but the, the big project which is the new you know 150 million to 300 million dollar uh, football facility. I don't know that they've necessarily broken ground on that. I was on okay. campus a couple of weeks ago. I went to go speak to Michelle Kaufman's uh, journalism class. I've done that for 17 years now, going to talk to former students. And uh, I walked around a bit, talked to some of the players that were there, uh, some of the people that were on campus. I didn't see any new construction per se, uh, but the but that's all in the works. Uh, and I think you know, city of Coral Gables, bro. A lot of permits, a lot of red tape and, and then the money raising, uh, you know, the fundraising that has to be done to get all that stuff done. I know from talking to, uh, you know, people in the administration there that, you know, this is all going to happen. They're, they're, you know, they, they've invested this, 
they're going to invest this amount of money to upgrade everything there to make it top notch so that in three or four years, uh, it Miami is basically like everybody else in the country with with the best of the best facilities. Did you have a beer at the Ratskeller? I did not. I try not okay. to go and drink on campus uh, with, with students. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I did uh, I did walk around. I did see uh, a lot of familiar faces and people uh, that I hadn't seen since the end of the football season and talked to them. And it was a good experience. Uh, anytime you're on campus at Miami, it's a beautiful place. It, it, for, for all the old school people who haven't been there in years, you go there and it's like, what, what is this place? It, it doesn't even look familiar no, with all the new buildings right. and everything else. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, they've added they've added quite a bit. Did you play any pinball games or air hockey over at the Ratskeller? <laughs> Space Invaders. Yeah, no, none of that for no? me, brother. None no? of that for me. I, I I ran into a few players in the parking lot. They were getting in their cars. Uh, talked to a few of them on the way out, and they were talking to me about uh, the new defensive coordinator and the defense and uh, what they think of it. And I think there's a lot of excitement. You know, I think. A lot of these guys want to play in a Manny Diaz type system. That's what they were recruited to come play and be aggressive. And uh, I think that the scheme that they were playing last year uh, with Kevin Steele, some of those guys uh, felt out of place. I think they feel like a more aggressive style, more pressure based uh, system is going to bring out the best in them and there'll be better results. But Again, it's to me, a lot of this is the Jerry's and the Joe's, brother. They got to get some good players in there, guys that can actually get the job done and play effectively and, and not give up big plays and, and all those kind of things. So we talked about that when I was on campus. Uh, give me a, a guess on the receivers coach. Uh, you know, it seems like Leonard Hankerson might be taking this seriously. So, uh, you know, I thought at first maybe this is this was just about, you know, him wanting to come back and talk to Mario and see, you know, the NFL – uh, coaches, I don't know what an NFL wide receiver coach's salary is nowadays. So you, you'd probably be better to tell me what, what an assistant coach gets paid. But I would imagine being one of 10 college coaches versus maybe what? How many pro coaches are there? 20, 30 on, on some staffs? Yeah. Being being one of 10 would, pro, would probably get you a bigger payday. And I think Mario wants to make a splash in terms of a former guy who has NFL experience, a former Miami guy. I think Hankerson – Good dude. Good dude good, also. Good dude. Super hard worker. One of those uh, overachievers, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? man. He, he When he got to Washington, he played better than I even thought he would at the NFL level. You are right about that. It's kind of like K.J. Osborne. Like, he was solid here, and he was good, but, God, he, he went to the NFL, and he's had some pretty good days there, man, you know? Yeah. I think just another example of guys that – uh, maybe didn't get enough, right? You didn't get enough out of them in college at, at Miami. They weren't maybe in the right system or the right setup. And, and you know, here's a guy who has gone on right into coaching pretty much at the end of his career. He's been around the game now for a while, and I think he could be a valuable asset. So I think it'll be him or Kevin Beard potentially uh, who we discussed uh, on Tuesday. I think it'll probably be one of those two guys. But, you know, we'll see when Mario decides to announce it and, and when all that kind of stuff goes down. Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. Of course, subscribe and support Manny and all the exceptional writers there at The Athletic. Manny, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. All right, brother. Take care. Have a great weekend. There you go. You Manny Navarro and our Canes wear Miami Hurricanes report. 
If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at Caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. All right, all right, all right. Market is plummeting. Plummeting. Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. There you go. Yes. I'm name that. Name this player, okay? That was this is a cornerback. 400 exp- points, bro. Yes, go this ahead. This is a cornerback explaining his thoughts on a quarterback when he first saw him. Seeing him in person, it was pretty funny because, like, he looked in shape on TV. I'm cheating. When you see him in person, it's, like, weird. He looks like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And he's, uh, it's Russell Wilson he's talking about. Yeah. I know. I read it already. Oh, I, I'm cheating. That's why I said I'm cheating. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I already, I already knew, so, yes. Yeah, it just popped in my feet. I just thought it was funny, like, because it's yeah. just amazing. But, but then he ends it by saying, but he's a really good player, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Russell's got – poor Russell, bro. He's always been a player and a playmaker and clutch, and this has been uh, uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to him. And, by the way, you see that other story that came out that apparently he asked the front office uh, in ownership to fire Pete Carroll before he left Seattle. So, you know, in this whole battle between him and Pete, he he wanted he wanted Carol fired apparently. I don't know if it's I don't know how much of it is true. Or I believe what. he's denied that. I just saw somebody one of the things saying he. What's he What's he going to say? I know he's not going to be like. Oh, come on, you bro, know, one hundred percent. I want him fired. Yeah, I mean, come on, he's not. And, and plus, Russell Wilson, he's like Mister Controversy. You know, he does everything to avoid controversy. So he's not going to say it if he did it or not. But listen, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Whatever. But clearly, there was a rift between those two. Yeah. You can tell. Please give me a break. The way things have ended between those two, and so this whole year has everything that he worked for, in a way, has been torn down by a lot of people in their eyes, and so now he has to somehow find a way to play back at an elite level this year to kind of justify leaving justify that he belongs somewhere with better you know a better situation uh, or you end up justifying that seattle wanted to get rid of your ass they did get rid of your ass and it was the right move because he they pulled the belichick they got you they got off your gravy train right at the perfect time when it was all falling apart so you're kind of at a crossroads in your career now and then they bring in a a, 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 a coach that is one of the better offensive minds in the league and if he can't resurrect your career, then that just piles on to everything else that's gone on in the last year in Russell Wilson's life. So this is like, this is a monumental year for Russell Wilson, bro. And if you think about it, at least on paper, he has Sean Payton to help him. I mean, I'm not saying that the team's going to be great, but at least you, you have somebody that's been pretty good at, you know, helping out quarterbacks. So at least stat-wise, you might see a better Russell Wilson than you saw last year. You better. Yeah. 
You better see a, a better Russell Wilson. Oh, by the way, I got an update to one of your wrestling stories that you covered. Oh, yeah. What is the it? The Jeff Hardy one. He's, he, his case is closed now. Uh-huh. He was uh, sentenced uh, two years probation, license suspended for 10 years. He'll serve two years of the locking device, 90 days of forfeiture, must complete either DUI or rehabilitation program, $4,000 fine, 586 in court costs. In addition, he was given credit for completing 38 days in prison. He he didn't kill anybody, right? No, no, he didn't. But it okay. could have it could yeah no could have been yes it could have been a obviously. lot worse yeah obviously yeah. don't drink and drive, folks. God. And also remember, I get believe, a, I believe it was his third cab. one. I believe it was his third DUI. Yeah, that's the so. problem. Yeah, see, that's where I look, man. I've never had a DUI, and I'm sure most of you have never had a DUI. And we're all human beings. You know, it could happen to any of us. One DUI, we could make a mistake. We had a couple beers, a couple of glasses of wine, a, a whiskey or two or whatever, and you think you're fine. And then you, you're driving fine or maybe, you know, whatever, and then they stop you. And, you know, that mistake can be made by any human being in the world. Where I don't have any sympathy for the person is when it becomes the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth time that we see these people. That's when I, I lose all respect for you because you clearly don't care about anybody, you know? And, and so I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for people like that. Uh, Eddie Lepp says that teachers should teach creative thinking. I agree with that. Oh, can you explain Bitcoin mining? Who hid them in the first place that miners are needed to find them? <laughs> a Bitcoin miner is a computer, is what it is. So you can have 10, 20 miners with you. It's not necessarily that it's a person. So the miner is a machine that is mining the Bitcoin. It is solving the problems that in order for you to validate or, or mine for Bitcoin. So that's what it is. So that person hid several machines in that school and was mining for a while. Uh, let's see what else. Big O, what's your favorite Metallic album? I've talked about this. I recently went to their concert where they went to the Hard Rock and they, uh, they played the first two albums, Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning, in, in honor of uh, the... The people that signed them to their first record deal because they had their their i forgot the name of the of the record company but they own the first two albums and the second album ride the lightning is my favorite metallica album so i was like a kid in a candy store going to that concert because i got to see metallica jam the you know most of the great all the great songs from their first two albums it was actually really really cool Brett says, Heat fans don't realize how happy Raptorland was when Miami took Lowry off their hands. I can imagine. Uh, let's see. Big O, have you spoken in the D-line coaching change? No, I have not. I have not talked about it. I'll get to it in a minute. It's not really that big a deal. Oh, did Lousy even try to get in shape? He was in better shape this year than last year. No, no, you got to give him that. But he's still nothing. Uh, yes, people still wear uh, these sunglasses, yes. At least I do. Uh, Tyreek Hill would leave because Lamar... Jo oh, who cares about that? It's just Lamar conversation is stupid. 
It's ridiculous. Uh, D'Onofrio brings back memories. I remember Big O interviewing Golden, asking why the linebackers were so far back on the goal line. Golden's response was, do you understand defense? Thought O was going to kill him. No, the best part was when, when, because we did this in the ACC media days. So we're up there and, and, and you know, and, and, you know, the UM people are cringing. <laughs> I got Josie Gacky. You know, Josie Gacky is maybe 5'8 or 5'9 on a good day, right? Uh, that day he was like 4'2. <laughs> he wanted to disappear as I'm roasting uh, uh, Al Golden. <laughs> and, and then the best part is, Paul Johnson walks by and he goes, well, he runs that defense too. Runs it better than you. Yeah, so yeah, so explain to me. Your linebacker's in the back of the end zone. You're at the one and a half yard line. How do mathematics work out that they're going to get to the goal line before the running back? Can you explain to me that? And then he starts with the, well, do you understand the defense and this and that? Do you understand what we're trying to accomplish? No, no, I'm not. Please explain to me. Because, <laughs> I, no, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. The math doesn't jive. Your guy's seven yards into the end zone. The running back's two yards behind the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry. No, I don't understand what you're doing. God, that was hilarious. It was like he was uh, just a hamana, 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 you know, that whole interview. Yeah, Zagaki didn't think I was going to do that. That's the last time, I'm sure. The UN people really weren't happy with me from there on out. <laughs> yeah, Joe's not the one that gets into a lot of confrontations. No, he's not going to. No, yeah. he can't do that. He's a voice. No, no, I know that, but he's also, he's not that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've never seen him other than as the Kane's voice, but he just, his personality does not seem like. The type that's going to be confrontational. confrontational. He can't. No. He can't. Well, I know he can't, but I just, with him, I, I mean, I've seen him, you know, in studio and things like that and talk to him, and he just does What's not up? seem to be the person that would even, no, even not. if it was his his interview and he wasn't Kane's, I don't think he would he would shy away from all that. It's, to me, it seems like. Maybe. Joe. Maybe. You're, you might be right. You might be right, but uh, but Joe can't do that yeah. stuff. Like no, no. Well, no, that's why no. they have Don Bailey on there. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Play by player He'll color spice it up is a really. Bit. He'll spice up a little bit. Mandich and Joe Rose yeah. are the only guys in the history of our town. Oh no, Mike Inglis. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we Mike that. Inglis would say, "Oh, the Heat is terrible tonight. Yes, they yes. can't score. I can't believe they're turning over the ball this much. It's so irresponsible." I love Mike Inglis. Oh yes. I freaking love Mike. If 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 anybody ever shows you this video, I just wanted to tell you that I love you, bro. I love you. I mean, that's my kind of because Harry Carey was like that. Oh, I can't believe it. The Cubs are fucking today. They can't hit anything, you know. And, and let me take another swig. Uh, but I, you know, but how many guys are like that? No, how many you... guys like Mandage can say? The performance today has a stench of manure all over the field. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you can't, you, you, you know, Will Allen beaten like a cigar store mannequin. You, know, you can't beat that kind of stuff. It just doesn't happen. That's why, if you've noticed over the years, I don't bring on a lot of voices. Yeah. Notice why I don't bring, why do I not bring on a lot of voices? Because all I can do is talk fluff with them. So if it's, you know, they won the championship or something like that, 
then I'll bring the voice on because there's it's harmless. I can't say there's nothing bad to talk about. But like in the middle of a heat season now, you think I'm going to bring Eric Reed on and start talking about how terrible a decision of Lowry is and what's he going to do, agree with me? No, of course not. You know what I mean? So it's just voices of teams. They just, they have no choice. You're, you're getting paid by them. Even though Zagaki technically is not paid by the school, he's paid by the station, you're still working for, I mean, hey, listen. You're getting the paycheck I, because of the school. <laughs> yeah, I don't work for the, for the school either. And they treat me completely different after that interview. I'm sure. Okay? So, you know what I mean? And, and, and listen, there are writers that will only go to a certain extreme because they're afraid to piss the team off yeah. or piss the front office off or piss the media relations staff off because then they'll give them less access and that kind of stuff. And that's never been me. I'm going to be who I am. Now, if you're mad because I'm saying Kyle Lousy's a bad deal, then that's on you, not on me. Because you're not willing to be honest about it. That's a, I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm not being unfair in any way, stretch, or form. Okay? You know, if whatever it is. Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers, Heat, whatever. If they're not doing something right, and I say it, it's just because that's what's going on. Not because I just want to pick on you. Do I want to see Al Golden fail? No, I actually want to see him succeed. But, my brother, you're not succeeding. You're keeping D'Onofrio around. You have linebackers that are lined up in eight yards that, in deep into the end zone. Like, where does that make any sense? And that's, you know, that's the problem. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's tougher. It's really, really tougher for voices. That's why they, you know, you, you can't do too many interviews and they've got to be mostly fluff. If you work for the team, you have no choice. And if I worked for a team, I would have no choice. You know what I mean? That's why I've never really worked for a team. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was even uncomfortable working for Inter-Miami for a short time. Do you know that I would get a call from the PR department from Inter-Miami if somebody called them Inter on the show? Yep. A, a host would say it. A producer would chime in. I would... We are inter-Miami. We are not inter. And it's like, hey, bro, get off your high horse. We're in South Florida. There's only one inter in South Florida. I get it, bro. I know inter Milan. Yes, I understand and all that. But, yeah. Plus, we're your station. Right, we're your station. You know, yeah, no, but they really didn't make us their station. <laughs> Dude, and the, and the day Dono wore an inter Milan oh, oh. scarf, because, you know, it was pandemic time. My God. They bothered me about that. Oh, he can't wear an Inter Milan. Like, he's not wearing a Columbus Crew scarf, dude. He's not wearing a New York Red Bulls. We all have international fans. We're, we're, I'm an Arsenal guy. So what, you're going to tell me I can't wear Arsenal? Oh, because it's Inter? Give me a break. It's like that, these are the, that's the crap that you got to deal with with corporate. You know? Bitcoin miner's daughter was Sissy Spacek. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. How many people even know coal miner's daughter? Yeah, like how many people? God. Uh, every style from the 90s comes back. Look at the baggy blue jeans. 
Um, Tommy Hutton Marlins. Yeah, he also, he will tell it like it is, too. Tommy is one. You're right about that. You are right about that. For me, that voice that just made me excited was Jim Matt Dog Mendich. The performance today has a stench of manure. Hank used to roast the fins on the radio when he did color with Rick Weaver. Hank was brutally honest. Yeah, he was. He was. And Rick Weaver was third down in a cab ride. It's like third and 15, and he's like, third down in a cab ride. Oh, man. Uh, Big O, did you see Spur? Oh, uh, yes, I saw her giving the golf lesson. Uh, you know, you see Paige give the golf lesson, right? And she's about, you know, how you hold your club and all that, right? And she's got this little crop top, right? And she's got, you know, the breastuses are all popping out. Right, and you know she's got a great rack, and no, it's got like four million views, and she knows nobody's looking at her grip, nobody's focusing on the V grip or the side grip or all that stuff that she was talking about. That you know, I actually listened to her voice. You know what I'm saying? But, and then the best part about it, what have you saw? Did you see the video? So she, when she does it, right. She makes sure she gets one side of her hair. She gets it out of the way just so you can see more of, of, of the, of the cut-up shirt. You know what I'm saying? It's just hilarious, man. You know, the game she plays, she's genius. Purely genius. She's everywhere. She's in media all over the place. She's, cause she's smoking, man. She's beautiful. And so you got a beautiful woman, and so she's talking golf, and then she plays the sex to the, to the highest limit, you know? She goes out to go hit a couple balls, and she's in this tight outfit, you know, that you're like, nobody goes to the golf course looking like that. I mean, there would be balls spraying all over the place if, if a woman like that, yes, all kinds of balls will be spraying all over the place if a woman shows up like Paige going to play some golf guys will be dragging and 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 holding up to see her hit the other guys behind will be trying to catch up you know it'll be a disaster there'll be guys wanting to be bartenders knocking the women off the carts going to sell her drinks right i mean you know come on man yeah i saw the video it's hilarious my my favorite my favorite part i don't know something fell uh, my favorite part is when she just throws the hair back. I thought she was going to do it to the second part to just completely, you know. But she, like, throws the hair back to try, trying to show you how you, how you hold the, the club. The right. Get out of here. <laughs> when Paige Sporanic is on, the last thing you're doing is looking at that club and her hit the ball. You're looking at everything else that is moving that isn't the club or the ball. But yeah, hilarious, man. Uh, did Ira really say Lowry played good at the beginning of the season? Well, Kyle Lowry has been watching. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I didn't understand that either. If you saw my face when he said that, all you have to do is look at the look. At, the beauty of this show is that you get a little extra when you watch because I kind of tell you things just by some of the expressions on my face. And when he said that, just look at the expression on my face. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's not 
true. He has not played well at all, ever, ever. He has never been anywhere near the money they're paying him. They're paying, what he has given Miami is NBA minimum. Veteran minimum, whatever it is, a million, million five. That's that's what he's given him. The Heat are getting ripped off 30 million a year off this guy. Big O Page would be an uber popular on the women's PGA Tour as well. She would, but apparently she must not be good enough to be on the PGA Tour. Because if she was good enough to be on the PGA Tour, brother, she'd be richer than rich. Because she'll be making money on the PGA Tour, and then she would have more sponsorships than any woman on the PGA Tour tenfold. Because she's got personality, she knows how to play the game, like she can, you know, she dishes it out. She's she responded to the people talking about her her little video. You know, so yeah, she would be she would be awesome also for women's golf. Because she would bring more attention from the general fan. Not just cuz she's smoking hot, okay? But because she's got some personality that comes with it too. And I think it would come out at the same time. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. She would be a beast if, apparently, she was good enough to be on the PGA Tour. Ray says, Ira sure loves to sugarcoat how bad Lowry has been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, he, he'll go to an extreme saying that it's a bad deal, but there's no way you can go to any kind of extreme by saying that he played well this year. He has not played well. He has been a, an incredible disappointment. Okay, it's uh, Kyle Lousy is one of the, I would say, three worst contracts in Heat history. Whiteside, right, is one. I'm going to go Deion Waiters because he needed surgery and you still gave him a four year contract. And then Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson was an incredibly stupid deal. That's that would be number three. Yeah, he's top five. Yeah, yeah, top five. Top five for sure. Anthony Carter was a bad deal also, but it wasn't the kind of money that we're talking about now. But the the weird part about the Anthony Carter deal is that his agent ends up screwing up and not picking up an option that he was supposed to pick up for Anthony, which then freed up enough money for them to acquire Shaq. So indirectly, you kind of needed Anthony Carter because who knows if he would have spent that money and would have had it locked in. And then you needed Anthony Carter's agent to make the mistake and screw his own client. And I don't know, maybe that was planned that he didn't do it so they could get Shaq and, hey, don't worry about it, we'll get Anthony a job for the rest of his life and... He does work for the Heat. So, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, but, yeah, those those were bad, bad contracts. One that Miami got saved twice from, uh, one was Jawan Howard, which Riley would have signed that, and that would have been his first really bad contract. Luckily, the NBA reversed it and said that the deal was illegal. And then the other one before that one was Hot Plate, no, Hot Rod Williams. Um, Cunningham and Chaffel offered him a deal that they ended up matching it in Cleveland, and they regretted matching uh, Hot Rod Williams' contract. Um, 
And then Miami got lucky that they ended up matching that deal because it would have turned out to be a terrible contract because he never lived up to that new deal that they got him. It was just a freakish year that he had, and then he got a bad deal. I doubt most of you even remember some of that stuff. I mean, the Juwan Howard, a lot of you might remember, but a lot of you will not remember the Hot Rod Williams offer from, from Cunningham and Chaffel. So that, those were some. I got to tell you, I don't know how I remember all this kind of shit. I really don't. Just how all that stupid stuff just stays stuck in my mind. And I remember silly-ass stuff like that is just beyond me, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, James Johnson, all four of them. James, Tyler, Dion, and, 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 and Whiteside. All four contracts go down as top ten worst contracts in, in Heat history. Where you want to rank them, I don't care. You know, Kyle Lousy is in there, like I said. But, yeah, they're all four of those. Those were, I mean, my God, that was, that was catastrophically an absolutely, I, I don't know how inebriated everybody in that front office was. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what stupid pill they took at that moment to sign all four of those bums to those contracts. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Dragic was not a bad contract. Goran, it sounded bad at the beginning, and then we kind of all, uh, you know, I, I was on board with uh, most people saying, oh, you know, man, that's a little too much. But the heat was right on that one because they, they had like the, they were, they, they had the right uh, forward thinking on it because the league's salaries were exploding at that time, and they were right, and that contract became very manageable, and it became normal in, in that world, that price. It wasn't a crazy price. So I would never put the Goran Dragic deal there. We were wrong at first for blowing it up more than what it really was, and the heat was right from the get-go. Look, we got to criticize people when they deserve to get criticized, Whiteside, Johnson Johnson, and, you know, Kyle Lousy and all that. But when they're right, you got to give them credit. The Dragic deal was, there wasn't anything bad. That was, those of us that overreacted like myself, we were wrong on that one. Okay? Extreme says uh, Kyle Lousy is the second worst contract that he gave to the player. Whiteside's still the worst. Yeah. I can live with that. I'm with you there. Uh, Devin says, why the Heat always get players on the back end? I, that's a Riley thing, dude. The old players, yeah. Yeah, it sucks, bro. But you're right. It's, it's just been like that with Riley. Big O, Ira is uh, confusing playing a lot with playing good. <laughs> Rosenda goes Whiteside 1, Tyler Johnson 2, James Johnson 3, Deion Waiters 4, Duncan Robinson 5, Kyle Lousy 6, Goran Dragic, seven, and McRoberts. No, I'm not putting Rob, uh, McDragic there. I would put um, Danny Granger and McRoberts instead of Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic's contract was not bad. I disagree with you on that one. KMF says, I remember the Hot Rod Williams ordeal. I was pissed that he didn't get him, and he ended up being a bust. Didn't even start for Cleveland. Boy, I was wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong, because I, if I remember correctly... I was with you on that. 
I think most of us were like, because he had a great year. They needed the guy, and we were like, damn, bro, we couldn't get him. And then it turned out to be a terrible – it was kind of like – well, I didn't really want Juwan Howard, but it kind of ended up like the Juwan Howard deal that Riley offered the deal, and he got lucky that David Stern reversed it because that was going to be a terrible contract. That was going to be one of Riley's first deals, and it was going to be a brutally terrible contract. James Jones has become a better GM for the Phoenix Suns than an NBA player. Um, I, I disagree with you. Well, he is a better GM than a player, but he was a good three-point specialist. That's what James Jones was. If you treated him that way, you were fine. If you treated him like a defensive specialist, you're an idiot because that wasn't his forte. He wasn't going to play great defense. He wasn't going to be a big rebounder, but he was a very effective three-point shooter. Very good three-point shooter. I'm a, I'm a huge James Jones fan. High school, college, NBA. Uh, I, I think he's a, and, and a human being even better than all of that. Really good dude. But he was a good three-point shooter, man. If you use them that way, off the bench, John Sunvold style, uh, Jason Capono style, you know, those kind of guys that can help you. They're spe- you know, Craig, um, God, what's, the, what's, the, what's the guy's name? You know, they had, oh, John Paxson, Steve Kerr, and then what was the third one? Craig or something? No, not Craig Elo. No, he played for the Bulls. Craig Elo could actually play some defense. Um, it was, um, damn it. Paxson, Kerr, and then there was one more that they use as three-point shooters in Chicago. None of them could play defense. I know one of you is going to get it. I'm just brain farting right now. I want to say it's Craig. Craig Hodges. Thank you. Not Hodgins, Hodges. Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges was the other guy. None, none of those three guys could play defense, but they were really good three-point specialists. You know? Jordan could drive, and, and Pippen could drive, and kick and pull. And if Hodges or Kerr or Paxson were open, that, those were money shots. You know what I'm saying? And to me, James Johnson, James Jones was that guy that you, you could use him as a three-point specialist. Don't think of him anything else. Okay? He's not there to run your offense, not there to defend, not there to get a bunch of rebounds. But if you use him to his strength, you're fine. You know? Uh, let's see. Didn't the Miami Heat sign Jerry Stackhouse and then waived him a month later? Yeah, but that wasn't a big deal or anything. That was a minimum salary deal. That that I don't count that as anything, you know. 2017, the team finished 30 and 11. Was a curse. They, yeah, it was. It was. Yep. Olivier Vernon was an American high grad too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. American High. I'm trying to think. There's several players that have come out of American High. I'm kind of brain farting now. Think about it. Irv- I know Irving Thomas, who went to FSU, was Carroll City. Danny Tartable was Carroll City. I'm trying to think of American. I know I'm missing some guys. A couple guys that came out of American that were pretty good. Maybe I'll remember. I'm, I'm sure I'll remember when the show ends. That's usually the way uh, the way things roll. 
Welton Rayon, by the way, the best attorneys in town. I've lived it. I've experienced it. And folks, insurance companies just want to take advantage of you. That's why Jeff and Dan excel at their jobs, and they've been at it for over 20 years. And they're in Hollywood, and they'll take care of you. Dave Broward, Palm Beach. We've also got an office over in the Keys in Monroe County. So if you're dealing with any kind of condo, condo damage, somebody had some water leak or storm, uh, you're dealing with homeowner property damage, which we did. We had a couple of idiot kids that thought they were fast and furious and went right through the wall of our house. And so Progressive was trying to screw us over. We called Welton Realm, and brother, they brought Progressive to their knees. Okay? They shut those fools down. 954-966-4646. These insurance companies are out to screw you. They just want your premium. They're not looking out for you. And, and the adjusters that they send, they're not working for you. They're working for the insurance company, folks. Bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. They do so much. Dan and Jeff excel. Call Daniel Rayom and Jeff Welt right now, 954-966-4646. You want the law office working for you. And by the way, before you call the insurance company, you call Jeff and Dan right away, 954-966-4646. They have their own adjusters, and they'll send them out right away to take care of you and protect you, the client. Get after those insurance companies. And trust me, once they see you have a lawyer, brother, those insurance companies, they start to change their tune right away. Welt and Rayom, 954-966-4646. Uh, my classmate Olivier Vernon was from American High. Yes, sir. The worst Miami Dolphin contract, Dante Culpepper. Yeah, but we're not talking Dolphins. That's a, that's a whole different conversation. Did you see what happened to J.J. Watt? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. So we ran into an issue about a week ago with a player uh, when it comes to um, getting uh, drug tested, right? So, J.J. Watt is retired. I don't know if you know that because apparently the NFL doesn't know that. So they reached out to him and they, they on Tuesday... He received a text message from somebody identified as only Dylan on behalf of the NFL who informed him he needed to set up an appointment for a uh, HGH dry blood spot test. Watt shared the text and a snappy response on social media. He says, I don't know what happened when you click report junk, but I think I'm about to find out. <laughs> on the, <laughs> the emails, so he's reporting it as junk junk email because they want uh, a blood test and so this whole thing now comes off of and so this is what they're doing now right and so the three-time defensive player of the year called it a career after 12 seasons as one of the league's most dominant pass rushers with the cardinals the mix-up with the league is understandable although other nfl players might not believe its randomness on who gets selected for drug testing because last week's Seattle Seahawks wide receiver D.K. Metcalf showed off his basketball skills 
at the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, scoring 20 points, pulling down 10 rebounds, and earning MVP honors. Three days later, Metcalf posted a screenshot to his Instagram story that appeared to show he needed to set up an appointment to be tested. An NFL spokesperson, spokesperson said in an email to USA Today on Sports on Monday that neither the league nor the union is aware who's being tested and when. So is it just a random computer that is just picking guys out and there's a name and it happened to be DK Metcalf last week? And or did they do this on purpose to throw the one of J.J. Watt out there so the DK Metcalf one doesn't look like it wasn't random? I don't know, but I know this. In this conspiracy-led world, most people aren't going to believe you. (laughs) They're going to say, hey, I got an idea. J.J. Watt just uh, retired. Let's send him a random drug test. For sure, it'll get some, some, uh, some traction. And then we'll say, hey, we don't know. It's just a random thing. So nobody entered in the machine the players that are retired? When they retire, does that automatically the date they say they're retiring, or do they have to wait till? Well, like, I think you got to file the papers, and then you really retire. So, so maybe that that hasn't been done yet. That's why he's still in the system. I don't know. That's a great. That's a great question, because if he hasn't filed his retirement papers, then he is not officially retired. And then also, you know, your pension and all that stuff has to then kick in after you retire, right? So that way, the time starts for your pension. And um, so maybe he hasn't filed, and maybe that's why he's still in the system. I don't know. I know if there's like a certain date where, because I guess his contract was up, though, right? He only had a one year. Yeah, he's deal, done. Right? Yeah. He's done. He's free agent. Yeah, he's, so, okay. he retired. That's right. it. Yeah. But there you go. I don't know. You guys, you decide on what you believe, right? He's got a text from the NFL. I got to go. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. The J.J. Watt thing reminds me of my buddy. A month after he retired from the Army, he gets a call of someone yelling at him about why he didn't show up for duty. My buddy told them them off and hung up. Yeah, exactly. I would, too. Hey, you idiot. I'm retired, moron. I'm not in the Army anymore. I don't have to answer to you idiots. I'm done. Screw you, Sarge. Don't make me go John Wick on your ass. No, I'm sorry. It's um, Jack Reacher. Don't make me go Jack Reacher on your ass. That's what you got to tell him. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. So uh, Jeff Bezos has hired an investment firm to evaluate the potential commander's bid. And I got to say something. Look, I don't care what you think about Jeff Bezos or whatever, Amazon. That has nothing to do with it. He's, what, the richest man in the world, second, third? I don't know what it is. doesn't matter to me. The guy's got bucks galore. If you're a Redskins fan, this is what you're rooting for the most. Not so much a winning season. Not so much draft this guy. Not so much sign that coach. Not so much add this. 
get rid of Daniel Snyder. Because without getting rid of him, it's almost like you feel you can never move forward as a franchise. You will always have that, 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 that cloud of that midget ha- hanging over your ass. You know what I'm saying? And so it just gets to a point where I, I feel bad for the Redskins fans. And I hope Jeff... Now the question is, is he going to McMahon this bitch? And is he like asking for such a ridiculous number that... Why not? Well, no, but that way he stays. No, that's what I'm saying, though. Why not? What has he got to lose at this point? Right. Right? I mean, if they force him out, he's still going to get money for his... Am yeah, I yeah, late? yeah. It's the Commanders, not the Redskins. You said it twice. Oh, I said it twice. God, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, man. I'm just not there yet. It's too many. You know how, long I, you know how long I said Devil Rays? It, it, it took me a while to adjust to Rays, bro. It's going to take me a while. I'm going to say Indians and not Guardians for a long time. They just did that shit, too, bro. It's... It's not easy when you've grown up all your life with the same damn thing, and it's hard, man. And, you know, the Rays one, I think, and that wasn't even around very long. No, no, well, they just kind of just let it disappear, right? They just took the devil out and just came right. out of nowhere. Like, like, how ridiculous can you be on that one? Oh, you don't want to be a devil, Rays. You know, oh, oh, yeah. My God. God forbid be a devil, there's, Ray. There's no devil, Rays in Tampa, though. Well, there would be one. Stingrays. No, but there would be one in town. The Tampa Devil Rays. That's the Tampa Rays. They're including But you everyone. know what? They should be the Rays. You know why? Because they spend no money, so they have no bite. So there's no devilish side of them. I love how you work things out in your head. That's great. That's all. You know. They're, 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 uh, they're neutral. They're, you know, so they're just Rays. They're nice little Rays. They don't do any damage whatsoever. They do what? They do enough to stir up everything, right? Because right. they're the little team that beat the big teams right. for a little bit in the East. At least for the regular season, but they don't end up winning the, the entire thing. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have made a new addition. They have hired Western Kentucky defensive line coach Kenny Baker as an assistant defensive line coach. Folks, I know nothing about this guy. Uh, he has never coached in the NFL, and he uh, his team was second in sacks in Conference USA. I know as much as you guys do. Uh, none of this means anything. Uh, what it means is show me what happens during the regular season. Look at that, bro. Oh, man. That NSX is badass. Anyway, um... I don't know what to tell you. Look, last year, great example is the University of Miami. Okay? You had a whole bunch of names, and it didn't work out. It's, it was the worst year I've ever seen for, for, for Miami Hurricanes football. And I'm a Mario guy. I'm a Mario believer. I have all the faith in the world that Mario's going to turn this thing around. Now, it's not going to be very easy for the man, as you can tell. Uh, and his first year with his staff, whoo, doggy. It couldn't have been a bigger failure. So some of the big names are gone. They've made some adjustments. Here's where I would say this is different, okay? Vic Fangio runs the show. Vic Fangio is not running the team and the defense. He's just running the defense. He's not the head coach. So his, his responsibility is that defense. So some of these young coaches that he's bringing in, like a Kenny Baker, 
He's going to be also molding them. That's what these guys are doing. Whether it's Ronaldo Hill, whether it's Kenny Baker, whether it's um, the son of uh, his former um, uh, co-worker. I'm forgetting the guy's name now. Let me see. I have got it here from a couple week back or two. Let me see if I can find the damn name. It's the name of the guy that he's the son of uh, one of uh, the former coaches. You know who I'm talking about, by the way? Damn it. What's his name? Tom uh, Tom Donatel, Chargers assistant, right? And because he's Ed Donatel's son, right? And so you've got that. All these kind of guys. So what I'm seeing is he's also grooming a bunch of young coaches with him. So he's not bringing all old, grizzled veterans with him. He's bringing young. And guess what I think that is also an influence from? What do you think? What do you think about that? All the guys he's bringing over, they're all young. Okay? You're building. And? Making your own tree. And? Mike McDaniel. Oh. Young staff, energetic, communicate, connect with players. Uh, what, was, Fangio. What, was Caleb, what was Caleb talking about? Why, did he, why do you want to play with the Dolphins? What did he say? I want to be around what? The weapons and winning and uh, no young coaches and young coaches. He mentioned that. Yeah, of course, you know the weapons and play with Tyreek and Waddle. Of course, you want to do that, dude. But but he want he said he wanted to be around young coaches. And maybe there's an understanding there that hey, we got to get younger, we got to get hipper, we got to be able to relate to these guys. So you bring some of these younger coaches in. And notice he's not bringing in grizzled old veterans with him. He's not bringing in a 25-year, you know, defensive backs coach and a 30-year-old safeties coach and a 20-year-old, you know, and I'm not saying that's their age. I'm saying that's the, that's the time of career that they've had coaching these. No, he's not bringing any of those kind of guys in. He's bringing a lot of young guys in. It's interesting. So it's pretty cool to see. And, uh, and maybe also you're developing something for the future too. Uh, after a guy like uh, Fangio, if he leaves, if he retires after his first contract, even though he says he wants to coach longer. 